Looking for a herbicide as versatile and reliable as your favorite pocket knife? Anthem Flex Herbicide offers the versatility you need to keep your crops clean. Protect your wheat this season with unmatched flexibility and extended residual control of broadleaf weeds and tough grasses, including Italian ryegrass. Minimize resistance and help maximize yields with Anthem Flex Herbicide. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Got a full bank of lines for you to call. Uh, this is a Mr. Mechanic show. We are Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, guaranteed brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. Stop in and see us. We're on Dodge. We'll help you out. I'm Bob. Next to me this week, as always, is Kyle. Good morning, Kyle. Yeah. A little bit yeah. Gl- gloomy out there this morning, but I think the oh, rain... Oh, it's a great day to work on cars it compared is. to what we oh, battled through this week. I think I lost five pounds yesterday. Oh, God. I swear. Swear, swear. But, yeah, it, it looks like all the rain kind of went south of us. So if you still got that project to get you first in line, get the get to the parts store before everybody else grabs your rotors and pads and everything else because, uh, as we mentioned before, they don't stock as much as they used to. They're trying. They're trying. There's just mm-hmm. not much out there. So, you know, if we got that uh, looking for a new car, used car, a lot of used cars out there, uh, you know, looking for a recommendation, we, we can help you there. So, a lot of interesting things. You know, here's an article that I found, Kyle, that was, uh, you know, electric cars have been around for a long time. We're kind of in the electric car phase. There's a lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of interesting, a lot of Mm -hmm. history. So, this was a 1920 Roush Lang electric car. It was bought by somebody here in Omaha at at one point. It was, uh, they bought it for $4,000. Back in like 1920, which That's is a lot of money. In 1920, it was. Yeah, you could get a house and an acre of land, <laughs> or more than that, <laughs> the equivalent of forty six thousand five hundred today. You know, and they liked them. And where's this car at now? Uh, I'm sure it's in a museum at some point. Okay, but the only reason that kind of died away, a lot of people liked them for short trips and things like that. A lot of women liked them. Mm-hmm. Because there wasn't the gas and oil and starting. Didn't have to crank it. Didn't have to crank it, bust your arm, all that kind of stuff. You just got in, put the pedal down, and and then off you went. So, uh, But once the gasoline kind of took hold and everything got much more efficient and didn't seem to blow up, burn up, catch fire, all the same kind of problems we're having now with electric cars. Yeah. Then they got more popular and the electric cars kind of gone away. Well, I mean, away. that one's a 1920, so they were kind of late to the game on that. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, yeah. Baker they, was making electric cars back into the late 1800s. Yeah, they were. They were. And they were all just regular, like, they were basically big glorified 
golf carts. Basically, yeah. Yeah, that's all they were. It was your horse and buggy with a roof. Yep. Nothing like the technology that they have today. And we're kind of still fundamentally kind of rooted there. But, you know, they're working on not just these batteries that we have now or that they're doing it now, but they're trying to work on solid state batteries. Sure. And solid state batteries are just ones that are already kind of in your uh, printed circuit board. Mm-hmm. They can pack a lot more punch in a much smaller package. Yeah. But that's still that's still time away. Still time away. But it, it kind of interesting. It um, just how, you know, most people think that the electric cars was something new. Well, it, it wasn't. It was. We're just reinventing it. We're reinventing it with today's, you know, and the alien technology that we have now. I need to read up on some of these turn of the century electric cars a little bit more because I've worked on the stuff from there, the gas engines Mm -hmm. in those cars. And I know what kind of wiring they had. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) the cloth. That was not a DC battery. That was an alternating current battery in that car. Yeah. And I'm sure that there was some casualty in the research and development department, you know, in getting this right. Yeah. I'm sure they had to, you know. I mean, what, you know, and here's another article I, I read, and we just uh, see if you can remember. This is not the same article, by the way. They've got a, uh, and they're not 100% sure yet, but they're kind of got a ship carrying 500 or 2,500, I think it is nearly, of electric cars off the Dutch coastline that's caught fire. Again? Didn't we just have one of those? You know, we did this article. It was 3,700 cars, mostly from uh, European cars like Mercedes and, and some of that's from that part of the country. So if you're waiting for one of those. Are they going to let it just burn out or are they going to sink it? It is a, it's an ongoing thing at the moment. As of Thursday, it was. Like the Springfield Tire Fire from the Simpsons? <laughs> kind of <laughs> like that. Yes, yes. Uh, reports that there was some, uh, it started with an electric car on board is what they say. I, I don't know. It's still uh, adrift and burning. Yeah. But you're right. We did the same almost exact story. We were like talking, a year or two ago. Uh, about a year ago. <laughs> it was a year ago in this article somewhere. It kind of tells you it was about a year ago. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's um, – I, I don't think the, the shipping is not really prepared for – they're pre- prepared for onboard fires, but not like – Not like that. Not like that yeah, because you lithium's can't – Lithium's going to keep burning. Well, you can't put them out. And burning. You can't put them out because you can't, you can't see it. You can't yeah. – you just can't contain it, and it just spreads. A lot of heat. Spreads like wildfire. You just cover it in cement and bury it in the ground. Yeah, I, I think the old, well, I, how long is it probably going to be? Even if you sank it, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's going to be. But they they won't allow you to leave it down there. They got to get it up somehow. But <laughs> yeah, they they don't like that when it's laying on the on the ocean floor. Yeah, at all. But I think that was somewhat interesting. An interesting article that just repeated itself got old ships and there's you know everything's i'm sure there's a fire that breaks out on an ocean going ship nearly every, every day. day oh yeah at least every trip for sure yeah <laughs> there's somewhere right now there's a boat on fire yeah i imagine there well a little one i mean you know a little a little haze. i mean we've all been at the lake and seen that and well maybe not everybody but i know i've seen it at yeah least i've seen it a too handful of times. Yeah, yeah you're right there's one place you always go to see a, a fire is at the lake for sure I don't know how is that possible. Yeah. Well, somebody didn't turn the village pump on. Didn't turn the <laughs> didn't turn the air on and went kaboom. So, yeah, I've seen that also, Kyle. That's kind of 
just glad that it's not yours. That's why you get an outboard. Because if you're not going to remember to turn it on, turn the fan on, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. U.S. vehicle production. Um, very interesting article. Back in 1975, 81% of what we drove was cars. 19% of what we drove back then was trucks. So that's kind of reversed itself to 31. That completely re- reversed itself. Uh, 31% now. And this is what from 20, about 2016. That's how how old this is. But yeah, and I was, believe it. That was 31 percent are cars, and now we've got 50, you know, roughly the other half, 53 percent, or a little bit less than that. Of uh, in my opinion on that, if you guys are listening, yep. Um, if anybody's driven or been in an old truck, like 1972 and older. They aren't comfortable. They aren't nice. They're they were farm trucks. Yeah, they were a purpose vehicle. They were A and B, A to B, and you had to and throw I mean, stuff in the back and you left it outside. The truck that we drove here in, I mean, I, the last limousine I was in wasn't that nice. <laughs> no kidding, everybody wants a truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. They they have gotten nicer. They've gotten much nicer. I mean, they were. I mean, you go back to the '60s and '50s, even the '40s. They flat out were not fun to drive. <laughs> no, but the but the old square box Chevys were great, weren't they? I mean, they oh, just yeah. they they still are great and one of the better trucks that there was was out there. Yeah, they all had a small block Chevy in them. I think you could get them with a straight six. You can get them with a big block. Yeah, yeah, and that era, not just Chevy. We're Chevy guys, but it's uh, you know Ford, Chrysler. I don't know so much about Dodge. <laughs> No, <laughs> I had one of those. Not many there. people fix the old Dodge trucks because they're just. Where do you find the parts? Yeah, and where, where do you find the old ones laying in a? They aren't good looking either. I mean, I put them in a category with international yeah, and Studebaker. Bit. But international was ugly. But man, they were, they were solid trucks. Yeah, gosh, they would run forever. But they, they had no style. They didn't. I don't think they hired a styling engineer. They just hired a guy that could build a good truck. Yeah, you got a guy that could draw a square. There's your design department. And pretty much, that's <laughs> what it was back then. You know, and uh, interestingly, keeping on that same thing of that was uh, miles per gallon. So back in 1975, they were any anywhere from 11 to about 13 and a half miles per gallon. That's across all models. Okay. Uh, it, it, they vary a little bit, but not much. 11 to 13.5 really isn't that much well, difference. Well, I mean, the 70s was also the turn of the smog in emissions yeah. era, so everything was detuned. Yep, yep. Everything was detuned. Yeah, to get the best. And now you're anywhere from 19 miles a gallon on up to 30, 31, 7. And we, and we know some of the cars that they get better than that, but that's kind of an average. And that's that's 2021. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I've gotten, you know, in the mid-90s, I had a mid-90s car that got 40 miles a gallon out of a oh, Honda. Sure. And uh, you don't you don't even get, approach the 40-mile-a-gallon mark out of a normal Civic anymore. No. It's uh, so we're going better. We're getting there. We're just it's just taking us a while. Everything's heavier now, but we'll talk to heavier when we get back. So five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in. We got a uh, call waiting for you. Give us a call back in a minute.
Hello, I'm Sarah McLaughlin's brother. Did you know that every 30 minutes, a mechanic goes without an oil change? Mechanics all over the world are starving to simply replace some intake manifold gaskets or replace ignition coils and engine coolant temperature sensors. In fact, one out of every 10 mechanics will go a full day with out replacing an exhaust gas recirculation valve. But now you can help. For just 75 cents a day, you can sponsor your own mechanic. Your donation will help complete a mechanic's life by giving him the basic needs of replacing mass airflow sensors and maybe even a catalytic converter. And in return for your contribution, we'll send you a picture of your mechanic replacing an oxygen sensor for the very first time. Forget about homeless puppies and starving children. The real need is to fulfill a mechanic's workday so that he doesn't get too bored just sitting around in a dirty garage. Thank you. All right, we are back on the uh, Mr. Mechanic Show. 558 1110 the numbers to get in. Uh, we got some spots for you, so give us a call. We're going to head over to uh, Jerry. Jerry's got a, some question about grease. What kind of grease, Jerry? Hello? Hello. Yeah, uh, yeah. I uh, just had a question. I was thinking about that at the end of the season, pulling my wheel bearings and everything out and put new seals in the back of them. Sure. And uh, what grease would be the best? Because... Mine, uh, that particular, my particular axle, has a grease fitting on the end of the spindle. Mm-hmm. And the grease comes out between the inner seal and the inner bearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and most of them do anymore have that uh, zerk out there that you can kind of grease them without touching them and, and do anything with them. Bearing buddies. Yeah. Yep, Barry, and they've gotten a little bit better. And, you know, noticeably, I think I've got something that has that same thing on there, too. And now they've got, we don't have to, there used to be an art to how tight or loose you'd leave that and everything else. Now they've kind of mm-hmm. got it down to a point where they got to just, they snap a, a, pla- a metal clip over it so you can't really screw that up so bad. So uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. But uh, to answer your question, we've kind of always used just uh, high temperature grease, is really. They've got just normal. Don't use white lithium. Yeah, don't use a white lithium. We just always go for the the just big high temp wheel bearing grease. They mm-hmm. sell tubs of it for five bucks at the parts store. Yep, yep. Yeah, I well, see, mine's got that grease fitting on the end of the spindle, mm-hmm. and if you grease it, it comes out, and you could you can kind of see it come out because you have that rubber cap you pop off. Yeah, you know, it's yep. on the dust cover part. Yep, and. Uh, yeah, I check them about every third time I pull it. You know, in the in the lake, you know, I pull it a hundred miles at a trip. So, about every third time I check it and and make sure. But this year, uh, at the end of the season, I was going to pull and put new seals in it, take all the grease out, repack the real bearings. I don't and, think. Uh, I thought there was a what I've been using is called green grease. Is that? Have you ever heard of it? No, never heard of that. One. No, no, but there might be something that's um, maybe a little. Well, they said it said it's waterproof and it's real sticky. I know that it's it's kind of like grease, but it's it's not like wheel bearing the old wheel bearing grease. You know how thick that was, mm-hmm. right? And it's not like that. It's it's really sticky. 
And yeah. that's what it's called, green grease. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine it's a little thicker, so it's it's harder for water to penetrate the back seal. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I'm not I've not heard of it. We don't we don't pack a lot of bearings. We don't pack a lot of uh, you know wheel bearings or, or boat bearings. We do a few of them here and there, and you know we don't pack mm-hmm. a lot of front wheel bearings much anymore because everything's gone to sealed bearings. We do on occasion. Yeah, but, I know. For the most automotive portion of it, the seals are pretty good. The and if you're backing something into the water on a regular basis, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hurt. You know, if you're pulling a trailer, maybe pumping the bearing buddies are full are, are probably oh, yeah. good. But every few seasons, you're going to want to pull it apart just to make sure because there's just no way you're going to see anything that's got hot spots unless you physically take yeah take them apart. The old take them apart, clean them, put them back together. We've mm-hmm. also We've also got a tool that that uh, you put that bearing down inside on, step it in, on it, and it just it fills that entire bearing full of grease easier than doing the old palm hand trick, you know. Yeah, Such a mess. I, I've I've got that too. I just put it in my vice, and it yep, you yep. know, it squeezes it right in there. Yeah. Okay. I just thought maybe you had a recommendation if there's any better grease that you uh, yeah we'll have to you know kind of. We'll have to look Pump into, into that. that end. Yeah, we'll have to Pardon look me? into that. But the, the high temperature kind of red grease, whatever the high temperature is, is kind of what we've always used and never really had a problem with it for the most part. Okay. Thank you. You bet. Appreciate the call, Jerry. You know, it's. I, I imagine there's all sorts of kind of different stuff that's out there as far as oh, grease. Sure. We'll, have to, we'll have to look into that just a little bit and, and see if, you know, what is, is there and isn't there. You know, you don't know. So... Here's an interesting article. Top automakers. And, and we all kind of probably have an idea what the top automakers are. Uh, <laughs> GM, Toyota, and Ford. Mm-hmm. Top automakers. And, and, and GM and kind of Toyota switch back and forth there a little bit. Top brands. Ford, Toyota, and General Motors. That's kind of the top brands. Top nameplates. Nameplates. Ford F one fifty. I believe that. Yeah, I do too. <clears throat> Chevy Silverado. Ram pickups, and Tesla. Tesla. Tesla and a Tesla Y. That's that's top. And then beyond that's Rav four, and then Honda CRV and Camry. Nissan and GMC Sierra and and uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee. As far as the nameplates go, so. Hmm. Kind of an interesting, you know, there's a lot of cars out there. What are the bottom? Well, the bottom was uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee there on the br- on the brands. No, I mean like the very bottom. The, the very we, bottom. I didn't print that page out. At the time, we we know the best. <laughs> now we want to know the worst. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the very, uh, very, I don't know what the very, very bottom of it is. I, I, I was only interested in the top ones that everybody else is interested in. Here's uh here's another interesting, and not that you're gonna, neither of us are gonna have a problem with this. Rolls Royce is have, coming out with a new electric car, as we kind of figured. It's gonna be called the Spectra, maybe maybe a little bit after the James Bondish kind of thing, which is kind of in the Rolls Royce's kind of realm because you know, Rolls Royce has tried for so long over the years to make their cars super quiet and super perfect riding, which they are. If they go electric, that that just gets rid of all the engine noise and all that stuff that they're trying to get rid of anyway. 
It uh, costs about $450,000 at a range of about 320 miles. That's about it. But mm. Rolls-Royce typically are very heavy cars. Incredibly heavy. Incredibly heavy. Yeah, that's, that wood is not a sticker. That's, that's real wood. It's real wood. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it is. Real it, tree. And uh, you'd be surprised how much padding and insulation is in a Rolls-Royce just to keep it quiet. But uh, Rolls-Royce has said, because these things are so in demand, uh, just so in demand to get the first one, that Rolls-Royce has put out a, um, you have to go through a vetting process if you want one. And they are have been told anybody that buys one of these new cars that spends that kind of money, if you turn around to sell it, you'll immediately be blacklisted and never get another one again. Ever get a Rolls-Royce again. Never, ever. Yes. So you're out of the club. They're out of the club. Clean out your locker. Yep. Ferrari <laughs> does that kind of thing too. You, you can't just go, you got to be, you got to get into that Ferrari club. You can't just say, Hey, I want to go one of those. Cause I got enough money to buy one. Here's a couple million dollars. I think I want to buy that. Then you go broke six months later. Well, go, yeah, let's get out of here. Then you, then they flip it for something else and, uh, they flip it for another, you know, a bunch of money. And, and so you can't just do that. They'll blacklist you too. So, it's not like buying a regular car. Mm. Yeah, just, you can trade those like baseball cards. Yeah, but you can't <laughs> you can't do that with that those two kind of cars because uh, they they don't like it. And uh, once you, once you're on their list, you're on your list forever. So mm. think wisely. Think wisely if you want to do that. All right, five five eight eleven tens. The numbers to get in. We'll be back in a minute. Okay, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. Your Buchanan service centers. 80th and Dodge, 50th and Dodge, guaranteed brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. Stop in and see us. Yeah. Get your car fixed. Get you back on the road. We're going to head over into calls again and talk to Bill. Bill's got a question about a hot rod. What kind of hot rod are you looking for? Well, I'd like one that you can drive. I've looked at a couple that are great driveway cars. Right, but yeah. you can't drive them. You know, I'd like to get one. That, you know, looks kind of cool. It's got power. You know, power steering and air conditioning, and you could drive it a lot. You know, like every day. Yeah, but you... the ones I've seen are, uh, you know, they look great in the driveway, but you can't drive them. Yeah. So what? What you kind know, of? What does hot rod mean to you? I mean, what kind of car are you looking? At? Well, well, maybe a Model A with uh, something. Uh, you know. Uh, a V6 or a V8 in it and an automatic transmission or a oh, manual and yeah. air conditioning or, or maybe a newer one like in the 40s. or. So you're looking uh, for a resto mod kind of thing. Yeah, you're looking Okay. Yeah, big tires, That's that kind of. So a lot of those are, are, are cool looking. But to, to go out and drive them on a regular basis or, you know, anything other than a sunny day is kind of tough. Uh, gear ratio is such that it just makes it, kind of tough they're pretty cars it's just they're more of a show car what you're looking for is out there and it is very very prevalent there's a lot of them every car show's got them so i mean because it's not going to be hard to find a model a with a small block chevy and a turbo 350 automatic transmission that has air conditioning it's i mean there's a million of them out there mm-hmm so, I mean, the best place to look, I mean, if I were to give you any advice, would be just go to as many local shows as you can 
because they're all for sale, believe it or not. You just got to talk to them. <laughs> yeah, just kind of and just kind of network from them. And and when you say you can't drive them, what what uh, just they don't drive very good, or they just well the the first one I drove, you know, I got up to forty miles an hour. Is all I could do to keep it out of the ditch. Yeah, and the, and the second one had so much um, racing apparel put to it. You know, if you wanted to drive it on the highway to Lincoln back, that'd be okay. But you know, church on Sunday or drive it around town or. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just be a regular da- daily driver. It was difficult at best. Yeah, and some are just got uh, straight headers with nothing on it, and they're and they're loud as heck, and that's not that's not really gonna not gonna be good for driving around because everybody's gonna say, oh, there goes mm-hmm. there goes Bill. <laughs> yeah, well, or something, or something, or something like that. Yeah. So exactly. car show car shows is the best way to do that. How do you uh, what do you look for to avoid? Get them looked at by somebody because for every good one that you'll find, there's probably 500 cobbled together cars that, you know, are barely hanging on by a thread. Yeah. Um, They've got to be engineered right because, I mean, essentially you're not going to take one of those old cars and just throw a V8 in there. The chassis wouldn't handle it. You got to upgrade chassis. You have Mm -hmm. to have upgraded brakes for you know, give or take how much power you want in an engine. I mean, the yeah. air conditioning system, is the condenser hung right, or is it going to rattle around and cause a leak and cause you more problems? Um, do the people that built this car or own this car actually know what it is? Uh, can you identify all the parts? Um, yeah. Is it structurally sound? Yeah, or there's is a lot. there a fender full of yeah. foam sealer? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We've seen that. Yeah, I mean, there's people out there building cars, like Kyle said, that are their attention to detail is, is second to none. And uh, and then there's other ones that are just kind of cobbled together, welded together, and found whatever part was out here at the swap meet slash back garage and kind of stuck it together. And both of them maybe look good. One's probably better than others. But like you said, the one that vibrated so bad and almost put you in a ditch and he probably said, uh, "I'm not. I'm not going to drive it that way anyway, and I'm not going to spend my time to figure out what and why." It, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of tough. It's a it's a lot of buyer beware. It's again, it's going to be like Kyle said, going to the to the meets, going to the car shows, and kind of networking a little bit. Start talking to people because people will talk. Everybody to you. will tell you about their car. Yeah, yeah and, and that's what they're there for. Yeah. Um. There's a big one coming up, Speedway Motors in Lincoln Hot Rod Museum here in Nebraska. Great place to meet people. They have a lot of, generally you can walk around the parking lot, something's for sale that you'll like. And when is that coming up? In September, I think September, it is. September, yeah, Cars and Coffee. You can Google Speedway Motors. They have a whole calendar of events. So how much? Cars and coffee. So how much do you know about cars? How much do you work on cars? can change the points and the plugs and the timing light and the you know uh, stuff like that on my old chevys and fords that i had and sure. tractors and stuff like that but Good. you sure. know i couldn't take to one by. apart and put it to, i couldn't take one apart and put it together yeah so you're gonna you're probably gonna want to spend uh more up front for a good car there's something that's going to last that you're not fixing it all the time. So That's exactly right. And it, that's going to cost more 
uh, just so you're aware, and I, you, you already sound like you know that, but it's some of the cobbled together cars. And this is, no, I wouldn't say cobbled together. A lot of those cars that are put together are a mishmash of a lot of different parts. So somebody that has some documentation of where this particular U-joint came from, where, what rear end is it in it, you know, uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, both Kyle and I have done this and, uh, you just have to keep a list of what the parts are because when you go to try to find a U-joint for an old Model T that's had this and that and this put in it. You don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. You're, You're kinda... sitting here with a tape measure and a big book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that for example. So they can, be, uh, they can be frustrating to try to keep back on the road, and they can be just a labor of love and say this is what you want to do, and it's kind of fun to do. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you. You've been very helpful. Yeah, yeah. good. Call us with anything. Yeah, good with hot rods. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Same same with any cars like that. It's tough to keep them going, and um, it's, it's you just. Any more with the price market the way that they are on hot rods? Because things have just skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. um, it's got to be something you want. And even if you go to the big shows, you go to the Barrett-Jacksons of the world and the Meekums of the world, you get. You get some really great cars, and you get some ones that uh, have just kind of rolled off out of a garage for a long period of time, sprayed it all off, put some paint on it, and make it look great, and off it went. Yeah. So it's a lot of buyer beware, and you, you kind of have to have some knowledge of, of what you're fixing um, because there's not a lot of people out there that, that, that can fix them and, and still keep up with them, and, and uh, it's tough to do in yeah. this nowadays market. So. All right, 558-1110 five, five, the numbers to get in. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back in a minute. Okay, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 five, five, the numbers to get in. Probably got uh, time for one more call. We can get in before the end of the show. Uh, BMW has unveiled some uh, writing glasses. I know that doesn't seem very exciting to you, Kyle. But you can put these glasses on, and now they're kind of, it's almost like a heads up display to see what's going down the front. They're so, do you got secret you, glasses? Well, you don't, <laughs> you don't have to look down to see you're doing 120 mile an hour and you're passing everybody in the middle lane. Now you can just actually focus on the going as fast as you want and, and hoping somebody doesn't switch lanes in the middle of your, your lane. I don't know how I feel about these glasses, Bob. But then you can actually. You've rattled me this late in the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah, and you can see turn signals. You can see all that heads-up display. So if anybody has a car that has heads-up display, you can see what the, the mileage is that you're supposed to be going at, the actual mileage, what the, what the speed limit is, which nobody adheres to anyway. Um, and then how fast you're going and turn signals, and then you might even be able to have a camera out the back so you can see who's glasses. coming up and all in the glasses. Are these stylish glasses? Do we have a picture of the glasses? I, they, they, they are as stylish as they could be. No, they, BMW. They don't look, like, look you like a welding mask. No, they don't look like you just went to the eye doctor and you got these big goggles on. No, they don't look like that. They look stylish. They look like uh, whatever, some Gucci looking glasses, I guess. I don't know. I don't want them. <laughs> well, they're not for you, Kyle. They're for the, the destroyer discriminating motorcycle buyer. Yeah. <laughs> interest rates are going up on cars. You know, that's uh, interest rates are going up. 
and on everything in on general. everything yes unfortunately tesla is now you know they dropped the price on their cars to try to move some mm-hmm. now tesla is now offering a seven year 84 month uh loans on them sure in order to be able to keep those payments down to under a thousand bucks under a thousand bucks or whatever it is that you're buying but they dropped quite a bit so uh and, and i think we did that story last week about how the f-150 uh evs they're building a lot more of them as, as i'm reading building a lot more of them and they're just kind of not moving them no i can see it yeah. so uh this kind of economy and everything else um that they dropped the the e-150 uh, i think what's called lightning yeah, the Lightning, mm-hmm. the F-150 Lightning. They dropped that over $10,000 in price. Yeah, I think Jeep's doing mm-hmm. that, too, with that 4xe that they got and trying to get them moving. If you're dropping them $10,000 a copy. That's going to cut in somewhere. What were you making to begin with? 40 A lot. <laughs> a lot. A lot is the uh, the answer there. And, you know, and I had an article here, too, and you were talking about a little bit, too, Kyle. They're, I think they're from... Ford had a little bit of a problem on some of their newer vehicles. Park brakes. Park brakes will suddenly just come on. Well, that's an interesting yeah. story. Yeah. I think it's from 21 to 23. I think they were somewhere in the neighborhood of six or 700,000 vehicles that yeah, were getting. Yeah, the truck line. Yeah, the F 150s. So. I can tell you if you're towing a trailer, you do not want that to happen at no. all. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you do not want the e brakes to suddenly come on and it uh from what i read into a little bit it has to do with a wiring harness that is um chafing against something else more than likely probably a ground we're shorting out yeah we're we're got a power wire that's that's shorting to ground and all of a sudden it it says on at uh Mm -hmm. a terrible time probably yeah so and that happens you know it's not just a ford deal it's it's a uh, you know, we've said this before. These cars are complicated machines. They really are. And there's all a lot the going on. there's a lot going on. All the electronics that are in them um, used to have one computer back in the '80s, one that ran everything, and then everything else was just a normal contact switch, mm-hmm. uh, back and forth. Anything from blower motor to headlights to now everything's a module. Everything's a module. And you a know. module takes at least a bare minimum of 10 wires to create a communicating circuit. Mm-hmm. And so probably. Imagine what your door jam control module's doing. And, and that's part of the reason. Cigarette we're, lighter control module. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of the reason that we have such a, a chip shortage and why. Well, the chip shortage is, is why, but that's why the, their cars are coming without things. Um, because in that door module, you might have. Four or five chips, mm-hmm. just in that door module for everything to go with the, with the auto locks and the the windows going up and down and the everything that goes along with it. Power up, power down, automatic up and down, all that kind of stuff. Takes chips, 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 chips. So, you know, a car could have 40, 50, 75 chips in it, depending on just what kind of car it is. You're lowballing that. Yeah, might be. I mean, you might have Mercedes might have even more. It, what, the, oh, yeah. the, the cars that's got more electronics on it will have more. And it just kind of depends. You're right. You know, if you get, I was just in a car the other day. What was it? A Kia. It, I, I was looking for the window switch because last yesterday it was hot and I couldn't find it. And then I finally, I looked down and there's a crank window. 
It's like, holy moly. <laughs> I quickly rolled the window down. Get out the owner's manual. What's this? <laughs> I just, I just looking for the door panel. Figured I'd find a switch somewhere, and I didn't even bother to look that it had a crank window. So I'm immediately opening the door and cranking the window down so I could let some of the heat out of the car. So uh, it wasn't that old either. It was only like a 19, I think it was. Hey. I thought, I, thought they, that I, thought going. Got, I thought we got rid of all those. No. Still doing them. Uh, yeah, who knows. I bet, yeah, it's Kia Rio. So good good, good little car, but cheap little car too. Hey. Yeah. Good gas mileage, cheap to buy, easy to maintain. Um, easy to steal because that's what we were fixing it for. Mm-hmm. We, had a rash yeah. of, <laughs> we had a rash of those go on. So, uh, again, all the, way around. all the way around. Yeah, we put quite a few of them back together. After somebody decided to steal it and take it for a joyride of however many blocks and then leave it. I don't know why you'd steal a car just because you say you could, but they do. Yeah. Who knows? All right, Kyle, that ends another hour. So, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in next week. Get in early. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week.